0: fundraising everywhere
1: fundraising everywhere
0: fundraising everywhere 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 fundraising everywhere
1: fundraising everywhere
0: fundraising everywhere
2: fundraising everywhere fundraising everywhere fundraising everywhere
0: fundraising everywhere
2: fundraising
1: everywhere fundraising
2: everywhere fundraising everywhere fundraising everywhere
1: Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at FundraisingEverywhere.com. Yep, just head to the Fundraising Everywhere website and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions.
0: Hello everyone, and welcome to another one of our monthly webinars here on Fundraising Emerald. You are all very welcome um, and uh, nice to see you all. Um, Please do, if you're here in the chat box, please do say hello. Let us know where you're tuning in from. Let us know your organization. We love to see who's in the chat box. Um, And please do feel free to put in any comments, any experience you've had uh, um, as we talk about things Um, and any questions, throw them in because we've got a few people who will be sitting in the chat box. Uh, there to answer your questions as well. So today we are talking about TikTok uh, and what TikTok means for fundraisers and and how we use TikTok. Um, And I have a lot of questions because although I've dabbled in TikTok, I I know very little about this. So I'm very, uh, very much looking forward to bringing our guests on. Uh, I want to say a special hello to our members. Um, You know, our members are the most important thing to fundraising everywhere. They dictate our content uh they're our biggest support and all of our decisions are made in consultation with our members um so special hello to our members um if you are not a member what are you doing you should join us as a member um it's very cost effective it's one of the cheapest fundraising uh um club memberships out there and as part of it you get access to not just these webinars which are free anyway but you get access to all of our uh uh, content on demand you get access to our, our regular conferences Uh, including things like the Individual Giving Summit coming up, uh, including things like Fundraising Tech, which is going to focus on things like TikTok and other platforms um, um, that are available to us. And then, of course, our members get some exclusive uh, access to things. We have our, our Members' Clinic, uh, which are members only, uh, we have some members networking, um, and members also get a discount on our um, virtual event platform, Everywhere Plus. If you are running a virtual event, um, then becoming a member is a good way to get a discount. So I'm gonna uh, uh, shut up because no one wants to hear me talking all the time. I'm gonna bring on our two, uh, I'm gonna call them experts. Although I was talking to them before and they they deny being experts a little bit, but let's see what they say. Um, so we are very lucky today. So first of all, from the British Red Cross, we have Nana Crawford. And you know, anyone who's come to our events before, you know how much I love the British Red Cross. They seem to be so far ahead in terms of uh, what they're doing around fundraising, in terms of supporter experience. Uh, and now in terms of TikTok, I really wanna hear what the British Red Cross are doing. And uh, Nana Crawford is an award-winning social media manager. Um, she has over a decade of experience in this, not just in the charity sector, um, but she certainly knows her stuff when it comes to um, social media and I believe TikTok. Um, and then as well from the hunger project we have the associate director of global communications who is joining us all the way from sunny los angeles um, and that is sarah wilson so i'm going to invite them both on now here we have sarah wilson and nana crawford
1: hello
0: Hi. hello hello and it's um, it's lovely to speak to nana you're in the uk i believe
2: yes i am yes I'm and we've got London. sarah in
0: los angeles um so we're, we're and i'm here in dublin ireland so it's it's true well, not truly a global, but we've got three <laughs> countries. Those are three countries—that's so pretty good. Um, so, I want to dive straight into it. So, tell me, TikTok-wise, what is it? What has been your experience with TikTok? Firstly, on an individual level, like, what do you actually like TikTok, or is it just part of your job? Are you using it as an individual? Why is everyone so crazy about TikTok? Um, and Sarah, I might just go to you first. What, what's your thoughts on TikTok as a in general?
1: Yeah, I was, um, so I've been working in uh, the new media space since we all first collectively decided to call it new media. So it didn't just sound like social media, like children's play. Um, And I have always been an early adopter, but when TikTok came along, I was like, I don't know, this seems like the kids these days, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I really felt like it wasn't. And so then my younger sister actually convinced me to take a look. So then, you know, hours later, I was like, what? happened, I've been in TikTok. So I um I personally really took to it. Um I, I think what I love about TikTok personally is um it's like a window into people's lives globally in a way that is less curated than a lot of the other platforms. Um and I just yeah I think it's just a really great it's a really great platform. It has its problems. There are all sorts of challenges around it, but I think in terms of like putting voice to people who wouldn't necessarily have a public voice and a public persona, it's a really powerful tool.
0: Well, that's nice, it. Nana. And what's your experience as an individual on it?
2: So, what I really love about TikTok is that you kind of get unfiltered personalities. I feel like before TikTok, there was a lot of you got a sense of people pers- people's personalities, but they were very curated you know whereas on tiktok i've i follow people that are just so out there and when i look at their instagram they're so different you know really? what, yeah what they do on tiktok is so pure so unfiltered i follow so many great women that just kind of, you know, don't care about hair and makeup. They will just come on TikTok just to talk about their day that they're having and the experiences that they've had. And that's what really drew me to it. And that's what I really liked about it. And I thought to myself, kind of not just on a personal level, but on a professional level, like, is this a space to create almost like a personality for the British Red Cross that's really different and really relatable to that audience? And that's what really attracted me to using it.
0: Do you think part of that is because it's a new platform? Do you know, like when when these when these social media platforms come out, they always feel a bit more almost equitable and mm-hmm. people have that voice and you're discovering new you think and then slowly brands come in and ruin it for us all. And it goes all ad- advertising and all polish and stuff like that. Do you think TikTok will just go that way or, or is there something really different about it because of the format of these quick videos that are just coming through in, in different ways?
1: I like that you asked two brand managers. <laughs>
0: yeah your brands ruining it is my question?
1: um
2: so i think with any social media platform there there's always going to be that space for advertising and monetizing like whatever channel that you're on but what i think is really interesting about tiktok and i don't know if sarah's seen it as well is that a lot of the ads they're starting to clock on that they need to look like they've been made in TikTok rather than before right at the very beginning it was very addy you know you'd see an ad you'd be like this is just another ad scroll through but now sometimes I've watched something and thought it was just a video and then realized that I've actually watched an ad for like aerial washing powder because (laughs) of the person that I'm following who talks just about washing up and it's so clever and I and I think that's Mm. what Brands have clocked onto that actually to be successful on TikTok with your ads, you need to make the content just seem really seamless in platform. Mm -hmm. And that's very clever. And it's not something that you see across other channels like Facebook or Instagram. So that's, I think that that is something that will continue to grow. And eventually we might even get lost in this space of like, is it an ad or is it a TikTok video, you know?
0: it's so true and I, th- I think we've got to taste that with like podcasts because i think podcasts, mm, you know yeah. you get like the host who is the person you want to listen to they, they sometimes i find myself i'm listening to like a five or ten minute ad and yes. you're still listening because it's the person you're doing and and i i totally recognize that in TikTok as well that it's like these are humans who are not selling to you mm. but they're kind of advocating for something they're already in is that sarah mm-hmm. is that the approach that that you've taken now with a brand coming onto TikTok can you do are you finding that hard to to change that mindset where it's like your brand is trying to be more of a person
1: yeah well I mean TikTok explicitly tells brands to interact as though you are an individual like there is no ambiguity Mm -hmm. about it like Mm -hmm. they're in their trainings in their documents in any time TikTok speaks about how brands can engage on the platform they are very clear that you should be an individual because that's the way that you're going to sort of have, both have the highest engagement rates, but also just stay true to the platform itself. Um, so I, I, that is something we've sort of taken to heart. Um, as a brand, one of the things that how we sort of interpreted that is that we as a, a charity, a nonprofit, we represent individuals around the world. Right? Like that's sort of like, we had to sort of shift our perspective from being like, we are a brand operating to like, we are representing all of these individuals in our programming. And so how can we leverage their voices and their individual identities consensually and powerfully on this platform? And so that's, that's sort of like, we've took the focus off of us and put it onto the individual given that guidance
0: that's interesting so so what who are the are these like beneficiaries around the world staff around the world that you're sharing their voices we
1: don't don't use the term beneficiaries there's power dynamic implied in it but uh yes the so people who are engaged in our programming staff members um interns right people who are engaged with us as as sort of a value passion project um instead of just being this uh like like you were saying, Nana, there, it used to be so easy to see, like, this is a brand, this is an yeah. ad, I am watching an ad. And now I think we really took to heart, like, no, you need to make sure that people are connecting with people because that's the whole point of this platform.
0: That's interesting. Nana, what, what kind of voices are you using? What kind of people would you see if you followed British Red Cross?
2: So we kind of try to have almost like a multi personality approach, depending on the subject that we're trying to get across. Mm. Because I think with anything that you're with anything that you're doing, you have a sense of the user that you're trying to talk to, and what you're trying to get them to relate to your content. So whenever, so when we did lots of stuff with COVID, for example, we knew that we'd have kind of two, we had two audiences, we had the COVID conspiracy theorists, which we loved. And then we had the the COVID, I would say the people who really wanted to know actual information and really wanted to feel really empowered and informed and to be able to kind of almost go against the COVID conspiracy theorists in a way. So we had those two audiences. So whenever we were presenting information, we presented it in a way that was almost humorous. So the COVID conspiracy theorists could be like, no, this is, but then we'd make sure that the information was factually correct so that people who, you know, wanted get to get that information felt really felt really empowered, and they had the kind of short, concise knowledge, and they could be like, "Right, I know this information now, so I feel I feel like I can go against it." But then the kind of the humour and the sense of humour and the almost the slight mocking came with the conspiracy theorists, and a lot of that came from watching other TikTok videos, looking at the comments. Comments can tell you so much about your content, so I always say to people, don't ignore the comments even if they are sarky or like quite negative, you can get a sense of, right, these are the people that are actually seeing my content. And if I don't want these people to be seeing my content, what is it that I can change to make sure that I can target the right type of audience as well? So don't ignore the comments. That's and true. even if it is sarky, and if it is, even if it is people telling you that you're trying to be cool, but you're not quite cool, you can just be like, you know what? I'm almost there, so just calm down.
0: <laughs> that's nice, yeah, I mean, at least you're, at least you're trying and that's kind exactly. of- thing, but, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I like that I like so so I mean how does that balance though with your organizations because because charities are are notoriously difficult to take risks get to take risks and take to try new things and stuff like that how have you found the buy-in from from your bosses from the board from people around you Uh, I mean I know British Red Cross I always think we've had your innovation team on our on our events and stuff like that so I know you're quite innovative Sarah, I'm guessing you're innovative, but what what's the consensus like in the place? Are people a bit cynical about it or is everyone very supportive and, and willing to take part in it?
1: Uh, I would say uh, maybe not cynical, hesitant, skeptical, mm. withholding, reserved. Those sort of like, not as many judgment, but a little bit of that like eh, sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I myself actually I will count myself among those people who initially felt like I do not understand what the value is to have a truly democratized brand identity in yeah. this space. I was like, what's the what is the point of that when what we're trying to do is deliver like a fundraising message, right? I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like, I completely agree with what you said, Nana, about the comments, which is like a lesson I learned um as we went along uh, but I, I couldn't see the value at first really um given the fact that we had all these other platforms and it's you know you look at it logistically maintaining it was sort of like yeah. okay we already have to i'm already advocating for rethinking the way we think about our budget and how like and shared media strategy is a valid mm-hmm. part of a, a healthy media strategy of a healthy fundraising strategy um, i hired someone into a, a marketing officer position who was like, "Just hear me out, just hear me out." Like, we're gonna TikTok, and I was like, "I'm not dancing. I'm not."
0: Is, is that the phrase they use? "We're gonna TikTok." How old? We're gonna
1: TikTok. I'm sure she didn't say that. That I'm like the old person. She's like, "All right, grandma, we're gonna TikTok." Yeah. I so <laughs> I was I counted myself among those people that really needed convincing into this. um yeah. And then she she did an amazing job. I was like, "Give me a pitch deck. Like, show me what it is." And she uh, really opened my eyes. And one of the things I've really valued, um, about our, this platform is we really focus on young leaders, like young voices. It's a big part of our programming. It's a big Mm -hmm. part of like, we have a whole youth component to our advocacy and fundraising and really this, this has tied those like programmatic youth and our fundraising advocacy youth into each other's circles and realms in a way that I did not foresee at all. Um, and so that that really was for me like the big pivot, and I was like, okay, we're connecting, we're we're using this as a platform to connect people who have shared values but wouldn't have necessarily interacted with one another um, so clearly and so directly. And then I took that and sort of advocated upwards into our board. So buy in buy in is hard but necessary um yeah. at the higher levels
0: and you were speaking to someone who got bought in i right? got bought in you were converted you were now like now uh, I can't uh, uh, hello fellow kids oh wait yeah the music <laughs> band Nana. <laughs> <You're super>, Nan- <laughs> Nan- from, from your point of view what was the support like a british record because you guys are pretty you guys take risks and try new things a lot was it a pretty easy sell
2: so I would say it was because I am an avid risk taker. I like to take risks and I don't mind failing because you can learn a lot from things that don't go, you know, don't go the way you think they might go. Um, but I don't just, you know, just jump in straight first and don't think about the consequences. So when we joined TikTok initially, we did join, but we didn't post anything for months because okay. we were just observing the platform we were trying to find our space, trying to think about what kind of content we were going to post on there. We also like wanted to have a moment to launch rather than just launching with nothing essentially. And I think what was really good for us is that other national societies, other Red Cross societies had already started using TikTok and they had already started sharing, you know, their results and what was really working for them. So when we were on the platform, I was able to kind of take a bit of their learnings and think mm. about how does that apply to the British Red Cross and come up almost with like my own strategy for how we were going to essentially use TikTok for for the mm. British Red Cross and I would say one thing that I'm really thankful to have is really really good support from kind of senior leaders and uh, they trust me to do my job because I do it well and I think when you trust someone to do their job and they do it well you can feel safe in the knowledge that you know I have the the best interest at heart for the British Red Cross. And something that I remember saying when I first joined the organization was like, this organization is like super old and I would like to make it like really cool and a bit trendy and just, you know, a bit like, oh, is that the British Red Cross? And that was always one of my goals. And the fact that I can do that now or have done that has been a huge success for me. And that is because I've been trusted to do that. So if you have teams that, you know, you've hired trust them because you hired them for a reason. So you can't hire a team or hire someone and then think, let me just micromanage them just in case. But like, no, you know, you hired them, trust them, let go a little bit and let them do their job.
0: Uh no, no, will you come back to our leadership conference next year and just say that to all the leaders? <laughs> I love that. Okay, let, let's take a step back. So so people who are watching this, you know, say then their organization is not on TikTok. Maybe they're not even on TikTok. They don't really know where to start. Imagine I'm, I'm just a total dope in a little little organisation getting started. On a practical level, what is it? You're, you're Just usual, you're signing up, you're picking your handle and then are you creating content? You have to create it on your phone and film stuff on your phone and then you're just posting video or on a practical level, how are you publishing stuff on TikTok?
2: So there are different ways you can do this and I think this is on a practical level what you need to figure out. You need to figure out what your... Capabilities are and what your resources are, what your time as well is like. Because yes, you can. Yes, the simplest way is just to be able to create something on the app and post it. But even that can sometimes take a lot of time because Mm. you know you'll end up creating something. The amount of times I've done something and then realized that the lip sync was slightly off and then had to delete it and then go again. Honestly, it just and then by the end Mm. of it, I'm saying it when I'm not even on the platform. Um, so it really depends you need to kind of have a think to yourself about what are my capabilities? What are my skills? What do, what am I comfortable doing? And what do I definitely you know, don't want to do? Like Sarah was saying earlier, if you don't want to dance, don't force yourself to dance because then it will just come across really, like just really, you, people can see through people who have just been forced to dance and they're just doing really awkward moves and it just looks like they're being held at gunpoint to kind of dance really awkwardly. So just think about what it is that you do want to do Um, and also just delve into the platform like follow you know follow other charities have a look at what they're doing follow people that you might think are your typical audience as well so if you have a sense of who your audience is and who you're trying to to reach try and find accounts that are really similar you can do that by searching hashtags you know following um sounds and you can just kind of go through and i would say just get to know the platform before mm-hmm. you even post, because there are so many ways you can deliver content on TikTok. And it doesn't necessarily have to be super edited, jazzy, kind of no. special effects. You don't need to have a green screen in your house and, you know, kind of Adobe Premiere Pro and all that kind of stuff. You don't need that stuff. But also, if you're really into doing kind of graphics and animation, there's a whole, you know, TikTok animation series on there. Mm-hmm. So you can have a look on there and be like, okay, we really want to do animation, we can do animation really quickly. Let's see the kind of content that people are doing. And I would say that that's the first thing you really need to think about what is how much time do you have to create content? And what is your skill level? Because once you can answer those questions, then you can start to think about how much you want to invest in the platform, and then kind of go from there. That would be my sort of like advice. So before you even jump in, just take a step back and just assess assess
0: where you are and how much time you can dedicate to it that's interesting so sarah do you think you could is this something that we can just dabble in uh, in a couple of hours a week you know say if i'm a fundraiser who's who's working 50 hours a week because no, none of us work, work what we're supposed to work and and we're doing it as part of everything else is it worth us doing this if, if we're just doing it as a little bit or do you really need someone on this full time like can you do this at different scales
1: I think, like, listen about to what Nana said about the ads, right? Like, authenticity is the name of the game on this platform. And even if it is performative authenticity, which I know sounds contradictory, but that's sort of like, hey, I'm just casually telling you about this soap I use. Like, it's, you know, it's still that often it, people can tell when you're authentically engaging or exactly like you're doing a dance and you don't want to do it. So I would say, no, I don't think dabbling on this platform. I don't think dabbling in shared media in general is a sustainable strategy. Like when people are like, we have a part time intern who does our social media. I'm like, well, it's a good thing you don't like the Internet because you're not going to have a great strategy. You're not going to have a good turnout. Um, And so I don't think you can do it casually. And I think that but I do think you can set yourself up for success so that it's not overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So exactly what Nana was saying, like know yourself first things first, what's the content you have that you think is compelling in these like snippets, most charities, nonprofits they, you know, we're very good at writing grants. We're very good at talking to the people who we need to talk to right around us. But in terms of communicating out dynamically, quippy, like elevator pitch sort of video content, that's a relatively new piece of like a new asset that's coming up. That's not something that we all have prepped. So like know yourself, and create a resource bank. Then no, no TikTok. Great. Follow the hashtags that you need to follow. Follow the people that you need to follow. Like definitely do what you can to set your brand up for success. And then from there, it's like even if you're doing it, you, I mean, you could do a post a week. You could do a post every two weeks. But like consistent engagement as an individual, as an entity, is so important. Like even if you're just stitching, right? Like there are ways to engage. That's like if you don't know what stitching is, it's using someone else's video and then just like having your own video next to it, that in and of itself is it's twofold. One, it's showing engagement on the platform and it's low lift, but two, TikTok is really different from every other platform in that it's, it's algorithmically focusing on the subject matter, not the, the subject, like not the user. So Mm -hmm. like on Instagram, if you follow a user, Instagram's like, I'm going to show you, your friend that you engage with the most first, and then your friend you just followed second, and then an ad third, like universally, like open your Instagram and you'll see that every time. And TikTok is completely different. You're like following a user and it goes, great. I might never show you that person again, but I will start showing you things that they've been talking about that are similar. So it's really, really, really important to get yourself tied into those thematic conversations. So following people who are in your realm and making sure that you're producing content that's similar to that means that anyone who follows them, as long as you've like made that connection to your content, that's an add on to your potential audience. So I think there are low lift ways of engaging, Mm. but I don't think it can be haphazard. I think it needs to be consistency above all else. That's my yeah. I would definitely
2: agree, I definitely agree with Sarah in the sense of consistency because I have said to people before because people have asked me before you know like do I need to be posting three times the, three times a day every day and I said no you don't have to if you can't do it don't mm-hmm. don't waste your time doing it or force yourself to be doing it if you can post twice a week every week then do that you know and for us as the British Red Cross that is always our our kind of that's our minimum now we post at least twice a week every week so mm-hmm. that is that's and people are like really only really posting twice. I'm like yes because As a team, that's what we can manage. If we try to do anything more than that, we're going to stress ourselves out and fall apart and crumble, and our TikToks are just going to be a mess. So it's just like Sarah said, consistency is so important. And, you know, that's the thing that you have to really build in. And the more you're consistent, the more information that you'll sort of get back from your users as they come on. And you'll kind of look in the analytics and you'll start to see right this is the best time for me to be posting because I'm consistently posting at this time and people are actually online at this time. So it is really important for you to be consistent, even if it's not as frequent as you want it to be. But Mm -hmm. consistency is really important.
0: I mean, twice twice a week sounds manageable. Where when you've got, I mean, the videos sometimes are only ten seconds long or thirty seconds long or a minute long or whatever. So that that sounds manageable. And not to put words in your mouth, but I, it's something that comes up on fundraising a lot: is how often do you email? Mm-hmm. How often do you do this? And I, I you know, the conclusion that that I feel like we've come to is is it's led by the content. It's like as often as you have something to say, as opposed to like we have to post four times a day, and then you're struggling to. To do that four times a day, and it sounds like British Red Cross is, is is you know you're not dictated by a certain quota of posts. You're quoted. You're dictated by content.
2: Yeah, exactly. And also, the like bottom line is, don't beat yourself up even if you can't do those things. So, for example, when we launched our um, when we launched our Ukraine appeal, we were very busy. We were very busy. We were working very long hours. We actually didn't have time to make TikToks so I think for like three weeks we didn't really post any TikToks and we had a team meeting and someone in the team was like oh my gosh we've forgotten about TikTok like we really and I was like but look at how much we've done for our appeal already across our other channels that we're trying to kind of keep afloat of you know we were receiving up to like 500 messages a day on Facebook from people and that's what we were managing so we can't beat ourselves up just because we haven't posted TikToks because we were trying to help people. And ultimately, that is what we want to do. We want to help people and as many people as we can. So if if it means that times we have to take our shift away from TikTok and move on to mm-hmm. helping people on other platforms, and let's not focus on the fact that we haven't posted a TikTok and let's focus on the fact that we've helped X number of people on Facebook and we've been able to help people get in touch with family and you know that kind of stuff let's celebrate those wins and not look at the fact that we haven't posted a TikTok in three weeks.
0: Fundraisers are very hard on themselves aren't they I think. We are um, very
1: hard on ourselves. we are
0: because it never ends you can always do another TikTok. you can always do more fundraising, you can always ask one more person it never ends and that's what makes it so difficult i think but sarah talk to me about content creation so so are you literally is it you and your team do you sit down and kind of brainstorm ideas for a while or is it as things pop up or have you got some sort of system where videos are are coming to you from around your organization and you're queuing themselves how do you actually kind of build your content
1: yeah it's um so we, one of the first things we did was sit down and, uh, you know, we put together a TikTok strategy. This was, again, part of me being enrolled into the whole process. And um, doing that resource audit, sort of what do we have, we just identified resources that we knew would go well into this platform. And so we kind of consistently dump into that bucket um, when we know that something, you know, if we collect video from a a program area, if we know that we're having a fundraising event that's being recorded online. So anything that has existing video content or at least like something juicy and engaging, we make sure that we sort of flag that in uh, our TikTok video bucket. And then we go about the process of assigning people to create that. So whether that, whoever that might be, if it's someone like our video editor putting together a video based on content that we had recorded from another event, great. If it's a staff member recording this quote or doing a trend, great. Like we kind of, so we start from the resource first and then we sort of assign it out to individuals. Um, But we really keep ourselves limited because of that sense of overwhelm. So we only focus on certain, like we do day in the life of people in our programs. We do sort of broad-based brand awareness as needed, sort of like, what are we as the Hunger Project? Um, We do days of significance. So we'll do, you know, whatever it is like International Women's Day. Um, and then anything related to current events, right? So as we're talking about a Ukraine response, things like that. So we, but outside of that realm, we kind of gave ourselves parameters so that we didn't end up saying like, oh God, we need to be like constantly making, maybe this is a TikTok, maybe it's not. It's like, because we're still ge- building our muscles around this strategy and it's going well, we wanted to make sure that we had sort of manageable parameters. A um, Couple of like quick things that I will say for anyone getting started with content is, And again, TikTok is very open about this. They uh they actively elevate people who make content in app. So like if you know you're gonna be showing a video that wasn't made in the app, use the green screen. (laughs) Like they they like actively using the tools in the app, the algorithm benefits you. Like they show more and more. They want you using the app. They want you, so you can create content in Adobe. You can create content wherever, but TikTok is very open about how they want you to be making this in the app. So whatever you need to do to make that in the app, that's the thing to do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, And, uh,
0: and is that, does that have to be on your phone or is there, excuse my ignorance, but is there a desktop version where you can edit through TikTok on that? not that i've
1: experienced
0: the the look on both your faces were just like you all because we're
1: both like is there i don't think so i
0: know
2: (laughs) i'm just going to say is Sarah going to tell me that there's a desktop version that i haven't been using this whole time so so
0: so you're literally it benefits you to literally edit these things i mean and the the tiktok editing tool is really good you know it does make it really easy to to add cool effects and make it look really good but but you actually are rewarded for using that as opposed to editing it elsewhere that's really interesting
1: and brands brands that are much larger like i think british red cross has enough of a following is active enough and has had enough success that it might not show it might be negligible in terms of whether that's created on or off app but if someone is trying to get started like you follow the rules to a t they want entertainment they want you to use their audio They want you to use the in-app editing. They want you to record like that. They want you to use hashtags and they want you to tag people. Like those are the things they want because they want you to be, like I said, in the beginning, they want you to engage like an individual. They want you to be a person, not a brand. And so if you use those tools and you engage that way and you're a really small account, you're just giving yourself those like legs up into being the most productive, getting in front of the most eyes that you possibly can.
0: You mentioned trends there and stuff, but Nana. How much do you guys like try and jump on trends? Like, is that something you should be doing, or is the content all always coming internally, or are you reacting to a lot of things? Are you using that stitching stuff where you're, where you're alongside video? How much do you react to what's already out there?
2: So the way we approach content is similar to what Sarah's saying, but what we have is we almost have a list of subjects that we want to talk about on TikTok how we talk about them we don't have because that's where the trends on the platform allow us to be reactive so for example we know we want to talk about um the work that we do with refugees so we have key messages we have content you know we have all of that kind of on the side as trends come up we will then think oh this is really good for us to talk about this project or this is really good for us to talk Mm -hmm. about mental health and that's how we do it so we have our roster of like subjects but we don't we're not really strict on how we talk about those because that allows us to be really reactive with content and to try different things with the content as well and also like sarah says there will always be like new effects that come out new sounds that are trending new hashtags that are trending so you don't want to be too rigid in your content but it's important to kind of to have a sense of especially if you don't want to feel overwhelmed have a sense of the key messages that you want to get across um the type of you know the audience that you're trying to reach you can have that as a strategy but how you do it is where you can you can bring a bit of an element of creativity into it so we don't have um we don't have fixed content but we do have fixed messages as in what we what we're trying to get across to people um but how we play with the with the app and the different effects and the different sounds is the real joy for me. And it's always really interesting because in the team, we all have like our different things that we love about TikTok. I love dancing. So I'm always up for a dance, you know, because it's something that I love to do. I know that not everyone loves it and it puts the fear of God in people's eyes when I say to them, so there's this dance that's trending. So I I just, I kind of don't do that now whereas you know chloe and my team she loves to transition she is like transition queen so for her anytime there's a new transition sound or new transition like video to try she's on it because that's what she loves alice loves a good lip sync you know so that is her strength lip syncing is her strength so we all know our strengths and we know what we love so we can make sure that we adapt it and we also have a whole range of volunteers um, who use TikTok personally as well so they'll often come across a trend and send it to us and go hey like why don't you try this or I could do this thing for you if you want like I'm going to London soon Um so if you want to do a, a video about you know wearing masks in public I could do a little video for you because you know I'm, I'm following this so it's again it's a really good way to get to know the platform through other people who use TikTok and you don't I mean it's important that you use it yourself but if it's if it's eating up too much into your time then think about reaching out to people in the organization or friends and family who use TikTok on a regular basis so they could even just WhatsApp you a trending sound and go hey I've seen you know like 10 videos using this trending sound recently so why don't you try and use this and that's how a lot of our content gets created I think a lot of people think that we sit in a room with like like kind of two hours having this kind of brainstorm strategy about what we're going to do. But a lot of the time our our best performing videos are ones where Chloe's just been like, I saw this transition, I really want to try it. And we're like, okay, what is it about? What's well, about this. Why don't you try it for, you know, um, the refugee, the nationality and borders bill? Yeah, okay, cool, I'll do that. And then it just, we put it out and then all of a sudden it's had like 500,000 views. So it's really important mm. to like not overthink as well don't overthink your content too much because i found that the ones that we've overthought and sort of planned meticulously and poured my heart i've poured my heart and soul into this piece of content people have just been like but the ones where it's just like oh you know what i'm just gonna lip sync this this sound from friends because i quite like this scene and then we're going to add some text about you know what we're doing in this space and then people be like i love this video and you're like oh okay so basically that is where that's where our kind of our niche lies and that's where we're strong at and that's what i mean by identifying your strengths in the team as well
0: you, you've both kind of t- touched on it or talked around it that it's like it's it sounds like and this sounds like where content is going on all platforms where it's about this culture of the content just happening through as part of the day, as part of the program, as opposed to a bunch of marketing managers sitting down and trying to manufacture viral trends. It's like, it's just keeping it in the front of your mind so that when the next trend comes up, you're kind of part of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's where leadership buy-in comes in too, Mm. right? Because I can just hear the other brand managers or fundraisers or whoever would be listening saying like, that's nice and all, but it's gonna take me so long to get through an approval process that I will never be able to be trendy. Cause that's just so common. Cause we just, we kind of had this tendency to like hold our brand so dear because we hold mm. our work so dear, right? Like we are we are doing value-driven work. So it's really natural to be like, this is, we must represent ourselves correctly. Mm. Um, and I think it's less so with modern charities, but I also work for like a very old entity. Um, an older entity. And so uh, that, that trust really has to be built in with leadership at an early, early stage. And one of the things that I found most valuable to letting you be reactive on a platform like TikTok is very early setting out what are your principles, right? Like we will write it out. We'll never use a sound that has a swear word in it. We will, even if it's bleeped out, right? Like we'll never use a dance that is evocative in a whatever way. Like we'll never, like those sort of commitments to how you operate on the platform Um, I think sometimes laying that out for someone who might be hesitant and then using those as guidelines to create content it frees up some of that like it to be reactive the creative team
0: to be more reactive Nana, no no as the the samba queen is it samba what's your policy on evocative dance are you like all in on (laughs) evocative dance yeah
2: I mean maybe for my own TikTok but not for the British Red Brit Cross no,
1: <laughs> like British Red <Britain laughs> Cross has got a hot TikTok going yeah yeah
0: was spicy
1: yeah follower um, numbers up <laughs> so um
0: so uh, i want to i want to talk first of all apologies if you can hear my budgies or my son's budgies tweet they they uh they're actually in my most v- viral TikTok. it got 17 views and um and so but it was me singing to the budgies so there do we you go. think
1: it's because twitter is their favorite platform
0: Hey, <laughs> zing! i'm gonna kick you off this webinar yeah you? that's
1: fair yeah that's fair. Uh, okay
0: so talk to me about fundraising because i'm a i'm a fundraiser uh, at heart so you know, for me, it's like, what's the point of this unless it's actually going to kind of create something for our supporters, bringing money? What's the fundraising options for it? What's the call to action options? It? How do you get people off TikTok and start donating, or do they donate through TikTok, or do you get them to sign up for mailing list? What what are our options for these call to actions? Sarah, maybe. So, we'll start with you. Oh no, 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 let's start with you. You're itching well, that. I
2: mean, it depends. I so we've um. So TikTok has a donate function on there. They have a donate sticker. Uh, We were the first charity, one of the first charities in the UK to launch the sticker back in May, 2020. Um, The sticker works with, you need to have a Tiltify account in order to to use, because basically the sticker's in TikTok, but the, the donations process through Tiltify. So okay. the first thing is to just set yourself up on Tiltify. And when you do, you can speak to Tiltify, you know, the Tiltify for good or the TikTok for good and Tiltify NGOs, and you can speak to them about how to leverage your TikTok and stuff. But essentially you need to have a Tiltify account to, to use the donate feature on TikTok. Mm-hmm. The, there are different ways that people can donate on TikTok. So you can add a sticker to your video that people can tap and donate you can add a sticker on a live stream so people can donate to you whilst they're whilst you're doing a live stream video you can now add the donate function in your bio um, and people can add it in the bio as well so say supporting british red cross or supporting the hunger project and that links through to um people donating on your behalf as well so people advocating essentially for you and people can donate straight to the british red cross um, or whichever charity through through that. So those are the main three ways that you can donate, unless there's any ways that I've missed, Sarah. But I think those are, those are the main three ways that you can donate through
1: TikTok. Yeah, I will say Tiltify is a barrier though. Like I'll just name it. Like British Red Cross was one of the very first ones on. So you do have that capacity. Lots mm-hmm. and lots of charities are on Tiltify and TikTok oh. has not updated that list in quite a while. So oh, there is wow. a very limited number of charities oh. that you can give to through that donate function through TikTok. Oh. Um, and you have to go through a whole approval process as well. So it's like the Tiltify process is an approval process. And then you have to accept a particular type of payment through Tiltify, which depending on your finance department, you may or may not be set up to do, right? So then you're going through that. And then once you have that set up, then you can appeal to Tiltify to push you through to the TikTok platform. Um, And then that's just sort of a waiting process. So last I checked, we still have not been approved to be show. So we don't actually leverage TikTok as a fundraising platform because it's not Mm -hmm. integrated in a way that uh, lets us do so. And again, because TikTok wants to keep you on the platform, any sort of call to action that takes you off the site is also uh penalized so you you know you drop down in the algorithm they even have like a visit link but you can only visit a certain number of websites like that's like Mm -hmm. embedded into the function like they want to keep you on the platform Mm
0: -hmm. so what is what is the sorry what is the hunger project's goal in it What what do you what do you try to get out of it what do you measure and what do you you know what are your results
1: yeah, so we measure views and engagements, um, and that has been really some of the best uh, brand awareness. In terms of like a broad, broad-based brand awareness strategy, that's really where we focused on it. We actually got like a brand ambassador. We kicked off with this woman who's amazing. She lives in Zambia. Her name is Dora Nyambe, and she was our very first TikTok brand ambassador. And she has several million followers and is working in a rural community on the same sort of strategy that we use in our programming. But is not directly related to our programming. We just sort of elevated one another's messaging, right? So it was a broad-based bringing our brand to people who wouldn't have necessarily interacted with us through some of those traditional models, through a traditional fundraising oh model, through a traditional media or marketing model. Um, so we really focus on, yeah, that sort of engagement, and um, with the purpose of like we do this through education, through as I said, elevating the voices of program participants. um, And then just advocating for people to get involved, right? So calls to action around, talk to your local representatives about x, or see if your company has a matching program, or, you know, those sort of additional calls to action for people to be online activists that doesn't necessarily have to be integrated into the platform itself. I'm sure Tiktok will change this. But right now, I will say it's a pretty exclusive club.
0: And it does seem to be, I mean, with all these things, they change so quickly that it's kind of hard to keep up with it sometimes. Where where do you guys keep up with it? Like, where do you get your TikTok news information? Like, what's a good resource out there? TikTok. Or, do you, or you do lead the pack. TikTok themselves?
1: <laughs> TikTok, Yeah. <laughs>
0: you've kind of touched on that a few times like TikTok feels is very like
1: orboros like we're like I don't know TikTok <laughs> like, do
0: you, but you've kind of like mentioned like TikTok is very open and transparent themselves with how things work so do they are they quite supportive in the tools they give you and the not training but you know the resources to kind of educate you like is TikTok helpful say for example compared to like Facebook where people notoriously complain about how stonewall yes. they get from Facebook and how kind of difficult it is to get any information from them is tick supportive to you as a charity
1: nana did you do the elevate training is that so i know? i helped deliver the training of course, <laughs> you
2: did. Of course ball you ball did of course
1: <laughs> isn't it it's like, oh, you don't know like it. oh
2: did i invent it yeah i did <laughs> yeah did i write the training yes i didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there
0: you go i, I really had good guess this is brilliant <laughs>
2: So yes, so TikTok have a program, um, Elevate program, where when you join the platform you can take part in this program. I've never been part of the program, but like I said, I've helped deliver um, kind of best practice and like best practice in terms of content and what to do with your channel. And I've been part of that in I think I've done two rounds of that. So um, have you, did you do the Elevate program?
1: There. Yeah, so the Elevate training program is something that you can apply for as a, a I think it's a CSO only, like I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure that there's anyone else. I mean, you're the teacher, I don't know. Um, but you can apply for it as a charity and then they um they will show you sort of what are the basics of TikTok, what are its principles, what are the basic functionality, you know, everything from transitions to I don't know, animations, all of it. They walk you all the way through it and then to tell you specifically how you can leverage it as a charity or as a a CSO. Um, The part that we really valued that was so wonderful and where I found it very supportive was um, they gave you little homework assignments. It was like, okay, you're gonna make X videos for this week and the people who do it the best or the most compliant, we will boost, they put uh, advertising money behind your posts. And, um, which is great because again, it's that like, they know you're creating content on the platform. They know it's quality content because they've walked you through how to do it and then they're boosting it. So it kind of gives you that like leg up. So that's one of the things I really recommend for anyone getting started is like right off the bat. And we, we actually put representatives from eight different program countries, um, into that training. And so that it content can be made locally much faster. Cause we want again oh. to be elevating voices way more at the source than at that each hq level so
0: so and, and and just a little side question there do you have these kind of ambassadors posting directly to TikTok, or does everything have to come through you as the kind of central office
1: i mean i approve the drafts <laughs> That's
0: fair.
1: yeah i have to i approve but it's at the same yeah. time i i didn't for a long time we like i said we had someone managing it and i had sort of like Put it yeah. in her hands, but now, yeah, it's coming through me.
0: That's cool, and I li- I like the sound of that Elevate program. That sounds really good. That sounds really good. Yeah, I've it. heard
2: I've heard really good things about it, and, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I it's really, it's
1: a really good.
2: <laughs> it's really it's a really hard thing to answer when people ask me about it because I'm just yeah. like, well, I'm on the other side, so I don't know. But <laughs> it's a really it's a really good program, and if and it's it was really nice when I. When I did the two sessions some people from my sessions sort of reached out to me afterwards to kind of ask me more about like I didn't know you got homework until someone mentioned them. like I've got some homework and I was like you get homework okay um and just to kind of help them with the transitions and with any of the effects and any of the features on TikTok so I'm always here to help I'm always here to help
0: you you, t- you 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 mentioned ads there are you guys Paying for ads? Are you putting money into this at the moment, or what's the balance between like free viral, uh, not whatever the word I'm going organic content? Sorry, very dead. uh organic content and and paid ads. Are you doing paid ads, or how are you finding they compare to each other? You know, people talk about Facebook; it's not even worth doing something unless you're paying anymore. You know, that's what some people say. What's the vibe on TikTok of of paid ads?
2: We don't do. We don't have like a always on paid strategy Mm -hmm. Um, we have a we have a very good working relationship with TikTok and we've done different campaigns with them over the kind of course of the years that we've been on the platform to the point where I think a lot of the time if there is if TikTok are proactively promoting a message and trying to kind of make themselves look really good If there is content that you can do to help with that, then that really works in your favor because you'll often find that they'll reach out to you. So for example, when there was so much misinformation on the platform around COVID, around the vaccines, they reached out to us because they were just like, we know that this is the content that you love creating. We've seen some of your posts. We want to make an official kind of COVID vaccine page will you create content so that we can put it on this page? And we were like, yeah, sure. So again, that was really helpful because then they would boost the content that we were posting because it met their agenda as well as meeting our own agenda. So I would say that um, you can actually sign up for a newsletter, like a content creator's newsletter from TikTok and it tells you kind of what's coming up, uh, like the next trend that's coming up or things that they're focusing on, what hashtags um, they're gonna be promoting. So you can use that to help kind of plan your content and you can kind of think, oh, actually we can do something there. So that would again be another, like a really good piece of advice that if TikTok are trying to promote or change something and you feel like you can really get into that space, then, you know, open that
1: door and you know, head through.
0: That's great advice. Sarah, anything to add to that one?
1: Yeah, it, we also don't have an ongoing paid strategy. Okay. It's 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 a boost strategy of you know we know that we want something to be elevated because of a certain day, a certain yeah. issue. um Especially if we're partnering, like if we've done like a live with someone, or we know, like we'll boost that just because all ships rise together on TikTok, and so then that's boosting everyone's performance.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's very encouraging, you know, for small and medium charities like you guys and not you know you, you're not putting huge budgets behind this in terms of everyday stuff so that's that's encouraging um i'm conscious of time and, and i know you guys are busy you know you've got a lot of tiktok dances to record and things like that i just want to ask you quickly a, a little bit about the data side of it in terms of i've seen a lot of talk around data you know even like talk about china uh, um accessing the data and shutting down tiktok and stuff like that what what data is available behind it i mean are you getting data on your followers and engagement is it just kind of top level analytics how much do you dive into the data and what do you see
2: so in the actual back end in the insight when you have if you have a like a business profile account you'll get insight analytics and it's very top line i don't know if sarah sees something different but it's very top line you get a rough kind of benchmark in terms of your male to female like followers you'll get a sense of where they are as well like in the country and maybe i think maybe regions Mm -hmm. you also get um a really good thing that you get is when your followers are most online like what time that they're mostly online which is really good so that can allow you to kind of plan when to put out your content as well so that's a really good thing that you get uh i don't really know
0: what, what, what about get, Tiltify really, donation data nana from british Cross? Quo- like do you see so from,
2: the, yeah, so from the donation because it comes through it depends on what you've agreed with tiltify so it yes it depends on what your tiltify contract looks like and like sarah's saying we were in a very fortunate position because because our innovation team do a lot of gaming and they um have done like gaming fundraising using tiltify so we already had that and we already had that profile so when when it came to launching the donation function it was actually a fast track for us because they were like well actually you've raised loads of money through tiltify already so it depends on what your contract is with tiltify in the sense of the data that you get through and mm. i i haven't seen any of that like my uh, the person in my team who works on analytics just basically sends me a monthly update of how much money has come through the platform and i just stand I'm there doing dances
0: basically <laughs> yeah you're too busy dancing aren't you i'm uh, too busy dancing sierra <laughs> any other thoughts on on data and and particularly speaking as someone in in the united states you know it's america who's really kind of clamping down on on the TikTok data and stuff like this like uh, how is it going to affect you as a charity and what what do you actually get from it
1: yeah, I, um, so it is, it's top line data. I was just confirming. I was like, I don't think I've seen anything more detailed. Like, it, yeah, it, but it's exactly what you're describing. Yeah. Um, the, the times, the, given the, the time zones that the US uh, is across and how many we have to contend with, it really helps us with the timing. Like, are we, are we customizing to the East Coast or the West Coast? Um, and actually, our second bigger, biggest user group is in the UK. So um, we try to stay in that sort of area where, where the content we're putting out is going to be relevant. Granted, TikTok very different from Twitter and all those where it, you can sort by post time. Like TikTok will elevate things that's three weeks old because mm. it's getting a lot of traction. Like I, I haven't noticed a ton of you can see when people are active and engaging with your stuff, but it's not like immediately pushing live, sure. unless I'm completely wrong about that.
0: Yeah, and I imagine it's changing all the time, anyway. So even by the time you know, by the time you've said that, it's probably they're tweaking it and adapting it. Yeah.
1: Um, But in terms of of regulation around it, yeah, I think there's just an acknowledgement that it's some, it's not TikTok is not the most viable engagement like fundraising platform for us in the U.S. just yet. For and it's I think that could be in large part particular to our demographics as well. So just people who are accustomed to interacting with us on other platforms um, or, you know, maybe not on social media at all. So that's I think for us, it's not a huge strategy just yet. Um, So we haven't worried too much about the regulation that's coming down on it. That being said, we don't push it out really hard either, given that. Right. It kind of does put us like a little bit limit our hands because we can't say, like, definitely follow us on TikTok. If the next day the FCC is saying TikTok is stealing your data. It's the same. It's very similar to the relationship we have with like cryptocurrency and crypto giving mm-hmm. where we're like, this is definitely a way to engage with us. Oh my gosh, super easy, great and fun. Maybe uh, don't worry about what everyone is saying. Like, you know, we want to make sure yeah. that people have the opportunities to engage with us without pushing them on to a person mm-hmm. as like the primary way that they would engage with us.
0: Nobody Sounds- said be easy. Sounds challenging. All right. Okay. We're, we're going to start to wrap up, but I want to ask you for people who are, who are watching this, you know either watching uh joining us live or watching the recording um where where do they find you i mean i i mean i would say they obviously want to follow your TikToks tocks because we can learn from from what you guys are doing and basically steal stuff that you guys are doing but where's the best place sarah first of all to get in touch with you to follow you um what what, what social media and, and stuff like that are you are you on
1: yeah well i mean the hunger project accounts are the best way to get a hold of anyone who's Trying to get a hold of me or anyone at the organization um, around this content. So on TikTok, we're just at the Hunger Project. No spaces, no nice. dashes, nothing. Very straightforward. Um, we're pretty much that across all social media. There are some exceptions where we might be Global Hunger Project, um, but yeah, we we try to be very responsive on all of our platforms, and that's probably the best way to reach out.
0: Nice. So please, if you're watching this, please do follow at the Hunger Project. We're looking forward to seeing Sarah dance in her in her hey cool kids t-shirt i'm
1: definitely it's only if nana is like here's exactly what you do to not look like a fool
0: yeah are you more of a sea shanty person or something like that, maybe? <laughs> uh nana where, where do people find you what should people be following
2: so you can follow just british red cross or lowercase one word across multiple channels if you want to follow me in particular then linkedin you can find me on LinkedIn. I will usually either be posting about TikTok, but mostly about Samba. So, if you want a little bit of Samba joy in your life, then you know, follow me on LinkedIn for that. Hell and yeah. occasionally, occasionally, I'll give you some tips about work.
0: <laughs> this sounds great. And you and and tell me your 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 most popular Samba video. How well yeah. did it do?
2: So at the moment, it's at 4.7 million views on TikTok. And I think it got 1 million views on LinkedIn. Which
0: is pretty. <laughs> Boom, LinkedIn. Big Samba no. fan on LinkedIn.
2: There, there are a lot of Samba enthusiasts on LinkedIn, as I realized recently. <laughs> well, what so. you realize is
0: all, people are people, you know, just because they've got a yeah. suit on, just because they're the CEO. am so we're all into the same weird stuff. And we all, like, <laughs> we all get entertained by the same thing. So yeah, great stuff. It has been an absolute pleasure and a wealth of information. I wish we had more time, and I'm sorry that I've kept you basically a full hour. Um, but yeah, um, thank you very much for your time. Excellent. We definitely have to get you back for for like perhaps our fundraising tech conference, where I know we're going to be delving deeper into TikTok. Um, but I would say best of luck with your TikTok and other ventures, and I hope uh, I get an opportunity to speak to you again soon. Thanks so much. It was
1: nice yeah. to meet you, Jenna. Yeah. Nice thank to you very you
0: much, guys. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye.